Hi, and welcome to Keen Minds. I'm Jen, a.k.a. Takata Cycle. And I'm Tessa. And we are here with another amazing guest. This is Yes! And we had a very excited moment when we put two and two together of who she is on our Facebook team. We didn't. She told us. Our investigative (laughs) things were completely off. She pulled the wool over our eyes. Yep, it is true. And our guest is known in Tumblr as Burr Rabbit GA. Yes, indeed. Um, and she is, I'm so glad to have her here. We've been fans of each other for a long time. Yes, we have. All right. Well, welcome to Keen Minds. Um, let's start in. Uh, what did you think about the the finale, the season five finale? What are your thoughts on that? I thought it was well executed. Um, you know, I'm more of a, a soap opera fan. I know a lot of people say, oh, it's not a soap opera, but I like the soap opera aspect of it. <laughs> what I don't like is the coming season with Liz going after bed. It just breaks my heart. I don't know if I can watch that. But anyway, I, I thought it was a, a, a good twist. Uh, I still am confused about Burning the bones at Dom's in a barrel. Uh, burn, but anyway, I thought it was. I thought it was. Uh, I agree. I, I mean, I think that that most people have no problems with the episode. The episode was great. Um, I mean, it it was fun, and um, I guess it opened up a lot of theories. Uh, Although I gotta say, it didn't really blew anything out of the water for me. It felt no. like another episode in the season rather than the big finale that we we're waiting on for a ton of mythology that we'd been promised. And yeah, it, it was a little bit overhyped. Yeah, and you know the Naomi Highland piece is is baffling me. Um, I know that Tessa thinks that. Uh, Katarina and Naomi are one and the same, but it looks like to me if if Red, uh, when he was told that Naomi was dead, would have had a little stronger reaction than he than he had if Katarina. But I think uh, all theories are valid, and I just I've never been involved in a fandom, and this has been amazing to me the passion with which people come at this, and it's like. Oh, whoa, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it gets a little it's wild. A, yeah. yeah, that's putting it mildly. <laughs> Trying to but be nice. You know, one, the one thing that I keep coming back to, and I told Jen in our earlier conversation, was that uh, one of the first things in the first episode was the fingerprints, Matt. And fingerprints cannot be duplicated. Nope. And if you can file them, you, but it can be, you can tell it's been done. You know, and uh, so what happened to those fingerprints? Uh, What's your theory, Tessa? I have theories. Of course I do. I honestly think that that um, Red, I distinguish between Red and, and Raymond Reddington, RR. Um, I think Red has been Raymond Reddington for a long time. In fact, I think his name is Raymond. I have a feeling that the identity Raymond Reddington is a little bit like Edgar Legat, an identity created for a purpose by an, by Red 
whose name Raymond, and with probably the last name of a typewriter, because I <laughs> needed to make up a name, so I chose one that was actually mine, Tessa, and then I needed a last name, and there was the vacuum Bissol. That became me. So I have a feeling that in a weird way, Red has been Raymond, that's his real name, and he just had a lot of other people pretending to be him so that he could be in different places all at once. You know, those double talks that we've had and doppelgangers. I think that's what it was. And and again, that the Navy had to have known the fingerprints were not just from the U.S. Navy. They were from NYPD. Uh, they were from the FBI. It does, doesn't match that this man is an imposter that suddenly took out the name. It just doesn't match for what we've known. Fitch must have known Red since way before 1987, and he calls him Ray. And I'm, I'm sorry, unless you put Cooper being a total imbecile, he doesn't remember a man that he worked with, a man he rescued from the torture a man, he actually had something on him from a little adventure in Kuwait in 1989. Uh, so I don't think so. I think that Red has been Raymond Reddington. And since they were, we were told that in 311 that there is no, the DNA is not in the system. Where did Garvey get DNA from Reddington? From a time where he was completely above board that that was RR. I think that he did it through Jennifer as a familial match. Right. And in that case, all we know is that Jennifer's father is dead. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm trying to remember, um, was Garvey the one that got it, or did uh, did Pete actually get the DNA match and then just didn't have, he, he got, the, the bones and everything were stolen before he got that to Tom? He, yes, if I the remember, bone. he got so it. So I think Pete, Pete, Pete was able to discover. So Pete was able to get that DNA match from somewhere. It makes more sense if Garvey did it just because, like you said, he had access to Jennifer. Mm -hmm. But where did Pete get it? No, Pete got the DNA from the bones in a tooth because the bone had been exposed to the elements. So That's air right. or dirt or buried directly in dirt. Because when they entered the suitcase, they were in, no. it wasn't a body; it was bones. Nothing decomposed in that in that in that lining of that of that suitcase. So there you are. You're in a um, you're in a situation where you're being told something, and that this is typical blacklist. That you're being told, yes, that's identified. That's Raymond Reddington, and nobody's stopping to ask. Wait a minute. How? Was that possible when we were clearly told there was no DNA from Reddington in the system? Doesn't mean that it doesn't exist anywhere, but it's funny because a lot of people tend to think that CODIS is like, call it a magic sponge. If a DNA is ever in the world, CODIS gets it. Mm -hmm. it, it. It's not. It has to be entered according to rules that it has to be either from a crime scene with an unidentified blood sample. It has to be from a convicted felon. Some states allow 
people who have been arrested to be to have the DNA entered, or it has to be from a familial match of a missing person, namely, uh, for example, the Hargraves in case of, of their son, uh, in case of, of Reddington could have been by the daughter. So your father is missing, we have the DNA of the daughter, that's where we enter, that's how we make a match. So the match would say, this is this person who was in crime, that crime scene, or they would say, this is a the father of this individual whose DNA was entered looking for a missing relative. So to me, that, that that's what it is. It's like, you gotta, always after these things, you gotta stop and you gotta look, what exactly have we been told? Because they are, it's a magician's act. They got the flames, they got the, the colored smoke, they got the pretty assistant. And meanwhile, you've been looking at all these things and what is exactly what you've seen? Nothing. You know that there is somebody who's being matched to Raymond Reddington by means not as specified in the show. And for all we know, all it says is the father of Jennifer is dead. Yeah. So, but, you know, he's got to be a parent. Yes. I just think he's got to be a parent. And so... Well, he did say back in season three when uh, when he was describing uh, Polaris to to Liz, when he walked mm-hmm. out, when they were on the boat, he said, you know, you are... Uh, I'm trying to think of the exact You're phrase. my way home. You're my way home. Not when you I are see, my when home. When I see you... When I see you, I see my way home. Yeah, it mm-hmm. wasn't that he was calling her his home or identifying her as, you know, his end goal. She is his way home. And that at the time, that was noted and talked about and discussed. Mm-hmm. But it's like so much with the blacklist. It's just sort of been pushed back into the back, but it may come back for season that, six. That's what they do. They show you a little thing. And then they took it, it's just a magic act. They show you something, they show you something else, and then they say, oh, here it is. And the rabbit comes out of the hat. And there we go. We got rabbits, we got hats, uh, and we have somebody with a pension for charades that make you think that you're seeing something, but you're seeing something else. And then we have the twits, the tweeters. <laughs> oh, oh, yay. Uh, and the interviews with Boken Camp. Oh, my gosh. Just Add it on and on and on. And I keep going back to the, to the Sharon tweet the night of, um, mm-hmm. of, um, Break of 4.8, uh, Adrian Shaw conclusion. Oh. When, he, when he says, are you her father? Are you No, 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 I'm not her father. But yes, she's my daughter. And Sharon at that time tweeted, bam, it is the truth. So... As crazy as it sounds, that's why I think they may try to pull that arena thing. But anyhow, it's a pleasure talking with you guys. And uh, I, I may watch in January. I may be watching it. I may not because I cannot stand to see Liz destroy Red. I, I don't think he's going to get that far because Liz is very smart. And, and there is something I, I just noticed as I was doing. I'm doing a very long analysis uh it's probably gonna end up being like a 24 part and one of the things right now Hmm? i've just read 17 right now (laughs) man you're good (laughs) and and one of the things that that caught my attention is that uh we're told that the bag of bones is given to sudden rose a few weeks 
before Garvey's death. Which means that by the time Red comes to Jennifer Door uh, wanting to know about the bag of bones, she knows perfectly where Red is. She has seen the results and she knows exactly that, in theory, she's talking to an imposter. Huh. So it's something that you don't notice until you start looking back. And, and, and I, that's why I always tell people you got to rewatch because. Once you see things backwards, the whole thing is very different. You start, you have to work your way and realize, wait a minute, that Jennifer telling Red all about, um, you know, Naomi and, and what happened and you abandon us in the pink room, um, she knew. And she just pulled the wool over his eyes easily. And she transformed so easily from that despondent bag of wet clothes into <laughs> this badass woman with I the told boots. you Fiona <laughs> yeah I mean it was obvious it's obvious the moment they chose Fiona to play Jennifer that she was not going to stay like that and that's what I always say why on earth would you choose Mary Louise Parker to play the, the unhappy housewife she is known for playing characters who you think there's something and then they turn around and she does this like instantaneous transformation into completely different. Well, on the Facebook, uh, one of the Facebook groups I follow, they're saying that she is too expensive for them to bring back. And that's one of the reasons they killed her off. <laughs> like, things like that do happen. And the fact is that they have had to give up. Um, from what I understand, they have had to cut budgets as seasons have gone on. It's a possibility. I actually thought about that when the, when she turned up dead was maybe she, there was a conflict of time or conflict of, you know, budget. They were able to bring him back. I mean, honestly, I wasn't expecting to see Famke back at all um, for that reason. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind yeah. of surprised that they because, were willing to pay her paycheck to bring even for five minutes, you know, bring her back on one episode. Well, not to mention the Balkan camp had said, absolutely no, we're not bringing her back. He says it. I just don't believe it. That's that's my go-to these days. I used to just question everything he said. Now I just don't believe it. If he says it, it's probably the direct opposite. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was I was great. The interviews got me very angry, and then I calm down. I look back at the interviews, especially going way back to season one, and I said, "This man, if thank God he's a writer, otherwise he would be a pathological liar." <laughs> and I just said, you know what, as a, as a writer, I adore you. I'm not reading your interviews. That's it. It's, it's, uh, or read them for the things that are not going to happen. Writers are an <laughs> odd breed. That's all I can yeah. say. <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure talking with you guys. And oh, uh, no, we're not uh, done. We're not done. Sure we are. <laughs> <laughs> What's the matter? What you got okay. to say? Tell me about your impressions when you saw Tom back at the tombstone and then Jennifer appears, talk to us about what you think about those those two characters that were that had been fundamental in in the season. Tom in until four point in and then driving the whole season five and Jennifer who appeared seemingly out of nowhere and suddenly has become this very important character. Well, I I think that they're scrapping for somebody to replace Tom. That's why they had to bring in Jenner. Uh, you know, I, I did not understand why Tom didn't stick around. I liked it. 
like yep and uh i guess they just felt like we had to go but uh i thought it was a beautiful scene and didn't upset me i know a lot of the tom haters hate that he came back but <laughs> i i don't know uh this jennifer somebody said that she is only gonna be in like five episodes They don't think she's Interesting. I wonder what they based it on. Um, it was someplace on one of the Facebook pages. Uh, I can't, you know, I'm a member of like five of them. Okay, <laughs> you're a committed fan. I can oh. do Tumblr and Reddit. I, uh, I just, I, I do a little bit of Facebook, um, but I'm mostly on on Tumblr for it. Did you say five episodes is what, what you had heard she was going to yeah, be? Four Which, five. That, that would make sense. It, typically, they do... I mean, that would basically make her their blacklister of sorts. You know, they're, they're a big character to, to swing into the first few episodes of the next season. And so that's that's been their format with those characters. Mm -hmm. Typically, they're the bad guys, but, you know, it just depends what Jennifer turns out to be. Yeah. Uh, but she's... She's their their character. It's I don't want to say pushing it. I don't want to say pushing it forward because honestly, once again, Tom Keene is going to be pushing this season forward. <laughs> He's dead. He will have been dead for half a uh, over half a season when it starts up in January. But he's still the center of the show, which is kind so of you ironic. Think they're going to bring Agnes back. I don't know. Think Maybe Agnes at the end. I think at the end, I don't think that they're going to bring her back because right now, I mean, unless they use Agnes as a very, uh, it, it would work well if they had a, a source of conflict. Like, why don't you bring, I mean, we got Garvey. Now you can go pick up um, uh, Agnes and Liz is like, no, I have no idea who you are. I don't think, uh, Terry, that you are going to see a lot of very dark lists. Whenever they hype that, I think that it's going to start being being dark. And I think that we have to, at this point, go back into another flashback of the fire. We haven't had one of those in over three seasons. The last one was in 222. And we have not referred to that fire. We have not had anything of the fire. And I was got to the analysis part of the fire. There is nothing in that fire that would go towards imposter or non-imposter other than they show us the scars. So either this is the scars, we're, something is going to happen uh, that will get Liz first in a conflict with Red, then in a conflict with Jennifer. Because I think that we're going to find out that Jennifer has been playing a little game here. I don't believe for a second that she thinks her mother is dead. I think she was playing Red beautifully. Even down to those little words, you know, like uh, properly motivated uh, uh, and talking about being honest uh, so I think that there, we're going to find out a lot. And, and don't discount, you know, I know that Red Arena is out there. I can see the the hints for it. Uh, I also see things that completely blow it out of the water to me. And I, I mean, if you really, at least in my theory, I always thought Katerina had, is, is Carla, is one of the, her identities, is the one under which she hid. 
And surprisingly, as soon as the bones turn up in, 19, in 2017, she disappears and Garvey relocates Jennifer. So it's a little, everything is getting a little, a little too cozy for my taste, <laughs> too clean. And I think that probably what you're seeing in red is like maybe he had a moment of shock that she had really dead. Then she realized, no, she isn't. And, and if you really think about it, Jennifer is talking about Naomi. Red is talking about Naomi. She never called her Naomi. She always called her Carla. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they're doing that goes to when they call a character by a name that is not the real name, something is going on. Yeah. So don't, oh, it's a deep, deep hole we're in, isn't it? Don't yeah. It's a big rabbit hole. And I think it's almost like Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. So I, I don't think that we're going to see that. No, so we've been, asking, I, we've been asking everybody what's their favorite episodes in the entire series so far. Or let's say three, because it's hard. Kate May. (laughs) Kate May. That didn't seem very hard. (laughs) Yeah. Second. Second would be, um, I think, Ivan. Ivan. That is a choice I didn't expect. Because it's the first time that he embraced her. And that sort of solidified for me the father figure. Or the parent figure ever. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a sweet episode. But I, my very unfavorite one is 5.8. <laughs> yeah. It was such a great episode right up until the end, too. I was so excited with the major back and that wonderful scene with, with Tom and Red and the way they were, you know, both working together and bickering back and forth. And I still say one of my favorite lines was, oh, that would have been so much easier if the bullet just hit, you know, a little, about a foot higher to the northeast, you know, and popped him on the back of the head. It's, it, it was a great episode. It, it was. It, it just, know, as as goes, it's just, I don't know. I, I, was, uh, I was a week out of uh, my first knee surgery when it aired. And um, I think probably a little depression, you know, from the surgery. But I had to go on an antidepressant medicine after that episode. I was so despondent, so blue. I, I said, y'all got to give me something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went into a slump for I, about a week after the episode aired was my birthday. And I was capable of handling humanity by that point. But I was in a slump <laughs> for longer than I care to admit after that episode. And here I am. I... She wanted I, she wanted me I just mean, to go on I, and on about it. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to. Don't ever mention that episode. Is no. I've watched it a few times. I love I I love that scene. To me, that's one of the best scenes of the blacklist. It would have that been if he survived. Scene. If he had survived, like that. Well, <laughs> it just takes your heart and squeezes it though. Yep. Oh, I just. Breaks my heart. I just can't stand it, and I can't understand. And if if Liz turns on Red and, and is mean to him, I'm going to be upset about that too. So there you go. Well, it it just feels well, it, like nothing that that she um, that that everything's been for nothing. You know, if if he's mm-hmm. not anything special to her, if she's lost her husband, the man that raised her is her father. She's she's lost everything. 
she's got to come out with something in the end. And that's that's been my thing about Tom's death is that you have basically they they went out of their way to make him the one she chose for her dream. And now they've killed him. And so they've basically given her a really sad ending. If he's dead. He's on New Amsterdam. It starts in the fall. <laughs> Ryan is gone. I love him, but he's moving on to hopefully greener pastures for him where they're not going to kill him off. I don't well, know. It's been fun, guys. I've enjoyed it, and I'll uh, be looking for the theories and looking for more fanfic, and uh, y'all take care, and I love you guys. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks Thank so much for coming Thank you so on. much for joining, and a pleasure meeting you. We have to do this more often. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.